Hello. Hello and welcome to How's My Fringe. My name is Josh Foister. And I'm Lata Popola. Now, I have got for you today, I, I have found a nugget. Oh, a nugget of information here, which is, I, I think, life-changing. I, I so, just to preface, this week yeah? we're doing stories, or stories, or information, well, oh, I don't even know what to call it, but basically things we found very interesting about theatre, yeah. um, and we're just telling you about it, I suppose. Yes, yes. Now, I, my, <laughs> now, my one, my one goes a little bit nerdy, and I'll try not to go too full nerd when I go into it. <laughs> but I'm excited. The title alone doesn't necessarily go away from the nerd fact, but okay. you bear with me up past the title. So the title is the Censorship Licensing Act of 1737. Wow. <laughs> now, wow. Now, all will be explained why I have, I have got into this, because I think this is incredibly interesting and also a really, really, really vital moment in our theatre history in this country. You know, I think I have heard about it. It's something I think most people have probably heard of in some form, or like they knew it existed at some point, but I don't think people know the grandness of it and like the real effect it had. So, the Censorship Licence Act of 1737 basically required that all plays, all shows, everything like that, had to be put through and had to be signed off by yes. Lord Chamberlain. Yeah. Oh, yes, I do know about this. Yes, so they had to be all signed up, so it all had to be, so it was all censorship, and you couldn't say certain things, and you couldn't do about certain subjects and all that sort of stuff. The whole point being, obviously... You couldn't have, you couldn't have naked people. No, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. You couldn't do have naked people. You couldn't uh, do, say anything like horrible about government. You couldn't do anything satirical about politics or about the royal family or anything, really. It was very much, it sounds, if anything, it sounds quite boring to most extent. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that was, that's what happened, right? Now, now, do you know, I'll see if you can remember, do you know when the Censorship Licensing Act ended? Um, I know that it was quite late. Mm. I yeah. believe, can I guess? Yeah, yeah, you can guess, you can guess. Can I guess it was 1958? Oh, do you know, bugger me, you know, like, fair play. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll give you the answer, but keep that on record. You said 1958, right? Yeah. So... Put this in mind. So to give you context as well, how insane this was, and to show you what theatre happened in this country, from the start of the Censorship Licence Act, in terms of periods of theatre that we went through, we went through Victorian drama, melodrama, yeah. pictorial drama, cup and saucer drama, 20th century writing, so like Ibsen and Chekhov. We went through... The Royal Court had like Bernard, like Bernard Shaw, George Bernard Shaw in one of their theatres. Um, the workers' theatres movement started in 1926. Repertory theatre happened. Club theatre started where basically where fucking fringe theatre started started up in, in club theatre. Post-war drama happens like farce and yeah. whodunit drama. Yeah. The National Theatre formed well in, at the old Vic in, in 1963. Joe Littlewood started up. Oh um, my god! All of these things happened before the Censorship Licensing Act stopped. In 1968. 
Oh my god! I yes, was just I... a decade away. Yeah, I know. Fair play. That was that was banging. That was really really. Thank banging. you. But you I, know I, what I, I was basing that, that on? It What's is that? insane. I was basing it on. I've watched a film. I don't remember what it was called, but I've watched a film where um, during the war, the Second World War, um, mm. they had these shows where they basically they wanted to give the soldiers like strip shows essentially but that wasn't allowed within the um censorship act yeah yeah, so what they had to do they weren't allowed nudity on stage so what they and this is all based on a true story so what they did instead was they had these women completely still on stage because as long as they weren't moving it was okay there's something bizarre like that and so the curtains would open and there would just be these like um, either half nude or fully nude women, but they were standing completely still. And then that would exist like that for like 10 minutes. And then they'd close the curtains and that would be the show. <laughs> Why? Mental. Why? Who, who gets any enjoyment out of that? I don't think anyone does. I really. do not know. <laughs> but, but this thing, so from that moment, because, because of all that, I mean, like, that only really existed, obviously, within England. So, like, European... Mm-hmm. That's why European, they always seem so much more, like, avant-garde and, like, forward-thinking yeah. because we had we were so behind. But then from that is then when, like, experimental theatre and all, all of Sarah these Kane. things... Yeah, so all of those things started to come as, like, basically after after 68, when it, when it finished, that's when we started getting these big turn of all these other sort of theatre companies coming to light and new work coming and all these other theatres. And then from other things that happened, when you get things like like the club theatre thing that mm-hmm. was going on, and then we had, like... And then there was also a... Ah, yes, that was it. Then because of all the experimental stuff that happened, then in the 80s we had, like had like a financial crash which then messed about basically all the other companies that happened so then like everyone's basically just making so we've got experimental theater suddenly being allowed but then suddenly mm-hmm. no money gets injected into it yeah it's like yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, but yet it still survives yeah i think well, that's the that's what that's one reason why i loved loved this story and this fact because one i don't think i think it's something that some people might be aware of slightly but don't yeah, know yeah 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 but, like, and definitely like so to... much drama in it yeah, the the fact that it only ended in 1968 is mental. Yeah, it's insane. And it's just a bit of fringe fringe theater history really. Yeah. Um, and quite important because you do have to know where where it's all come from. Exactly. Exactly. It's why I get really annoyed, you know when people talk about you know when people perceive theater now, it's if it's like yeah. like this is it. This is the peak. This is all theatre now. It's just like the best it's ever been and it is all it will ever be. Like, you know when you get those people that just don't get mm-hmm. the, like, theater. It's absolutely not the case. We're just at the start, really. If, if yes. the Censorship Act ended in 68, we are, like, we're not that many decades away from that. Like, there's so much more room to like, explore. There's, like, 200-odd years there, do you know what I mean, when that put in place. Are you thinking, I mean, obviously, like, I assume it, like, the measures of it might have lowered at some point. It might not have been a big mm-hmm. thing or whatever. What, either, what, either way, though, like, mm-hmm. during that type period, theatre continuously changed and adapt and evolved constantly. And, like, um, obviously, not to spot the obvious, but, like, obviously, that's what's happening now. Theatre's changed and it's adapted yeah. and doing it. And that will always be the case. Theatre is always yeah. going to change. The people there will always be other things. Change. And, like, the, for example... The really, the sort of 
depressing side of it is that one of the factors of change is funding and when funding gets cut that's when theatre responds and when funding increases that's when theatre responds so it's always changing um unfortunately sometimes for reasons like corona and and cuts in funding but yeah yeah but you just have to take it all i mean absolutely fair play be angry about cuts in funding cuz cuz you know those should not be happening in the art sector but at the same time um you do just have to embrace these things sometimes and and let let the creative creativity um flow within yeah. that yeah, yeah, because yeah. this this is the thing, isn't it? It's like I, I mean, I've I've made this point before. I don't think I've made it on here, but I think me and you have definitely spoke about it before. Because I have this like, because I have this big. Because the moment the thing I sort of love about theatre, and that as is always proved, there's always like a rebellion. <laughs> theatre's just a big yeah. rebellion against everything else, and it's regardless. Yeah. Of, I don't think that's regardless of money and like whatever situation where I was in. Theatre's always there. It doesn't matter how people do it; people do it. And, and I, I think that's, think that's why I. Um, I obviously enjoy, like, every once in a while, I do enjoy going to, like, a big West End show. Yeah. But Fringe has, the Fringe has always been more interesting to me because it works within confines and because it constantly has to evolve and adapt Yes, far more than the West End does because there's not these reserves, there's not these, you know, like, fallbacks. And the fringe is just always at the forefront of adapting. Yes, yes, you're so right. I think right. that is what makes it so brilliant. Yeah, the fringe there is what makes. Ah, do you know what? That's a really good point. That's a banging point. The fact that like fringe theatre is what long term is what makes the new commercial theatre. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely. what the commercial theatre and everyone who watches that people forget that that is where it starts. Yeah, and like. I think people in the people who and this is gonna sound really pretentious, I get it, like but people who like <laughs> work in the industry or people who do like we sort of get that because we see a through we see shows that have like that, that through line and we see ones that like I mean, know. we also know that it's a legitimate business model that people test stuff on the fringe before making it a commercial. Yeah, completely, completely. But I think that's the one thing that people people who who do go and watch the commercial shows whether it be regularly or irregularly or whatever but then that's like the, the main source of where they get their like theater from mm. those are the ones that would never really go to a fringe venue however they but they need to understand that obviously there are things there that they would like mm-hmm. because eventually Definitely. those things are going to be on the bigger stage anyway yeah and you get it for a lot cheaper of a price yeah oh the fringe is great so my fact uh, slash story is a bit more of a cautionary tale. I do like how eclectically we, because we kind of went away and we went, let's just think, let's just have something to talk about theatre related. And you've gone for oh. the history side, the history side. And I've gone oh. for a sort of, um, sort of cautionary tale. Because as yeah. great as The Fringe is, we do have to be very careful within working for the fringe because you know people oftentimes i think it is the people that are working in the fringe that get you know screwed over a lot more than than they should they should because well they shouldn't get screwed over at all but like it's just um whether it be theaters or production companies or you know whatever it is that just think that because you are a fringe producer or a fringe creative, 
um, they can take advantage of you. Um, and a, a thing that happened, and this was last year, so this is an article in the stage from June 19th, 2019. Um, I have not found any follow-up to it anywhere on the internet. Um, from Twitter, I can see that things have, well, I can't say whether or not they've improved, but people are still, people have still been going to this place and have still been working here. So it must still be thriving. Um, but just as a cautionary tale to, uh, to just remember to always check over your contracts, to always, you know, recognize your worth and be ready to fight for that when you are going to a venue or a production company or anything. I'm going to be talking about the Courtyard Theatre, um, which last June 2019 got a big article written about it in the stage. Um, in which it was criticized for late payments, filthy conditions, and aggressive behavior. So basically, a lot of artists that had um, had their work uh, performed performed their work at the Courtyard Theater um, have have all or all wrote in to the stage um, to talk about to talk about their experience with the theater, um, and they. Um, amongst other complaints, they included that they didn't get paid um, their box office income, or they got it paid but very late. There was a lack of response to emails and phone calls chasing payment. There was a lack of transparency about ticket sales. There were unclean working conditions, including mice and litter. There was unprofessionalism, including lack of promised rehearsal space and box office not opening on time, and verbally aggressive behavior from members of the management team. Now, I would assume, so looking at their Twitter and seeing that people are still doing shows there, I would assume that um, that things have changed in the meantime, or I would hope that things have changed in the meantime. Yeah, I like, but it I like got to the point where... Um, some some writers that were associates to the theater or that were doing residencies at the theater um, left before their contract uh, ran up. Um, some acting classes. One sec, I found them. What were they called? So the actors class um, stopped uh, stopped their association with the Courtyard Theater in August of 2019. After that article was released so it is like a massive impact yeah and it's weird isn't it how it's like because i remember when that happened and that was like that was a huge that was a real like call to arms like this is a rebellion now like everyone yeah. suddenly went against it but it was weird yeah. it obviously obviously stayed open but i just haven't heard anything about it since and like obviously i haven't gone to it and i don't know of anyone who has gone to the theater, that theater since i don't yeah. really know how how that that's worked. <laughs> yeah, well, so a lot of people spoke up about their um, their experience. Then this article came out. Then some other people spoke up about it. Um, and yeah, then it sort of all disappeared. And so one of the writers said, one of the writers who got burned by them said, I urge anyone who has had a poor experience at the courtyard to speak up. Silence is how they managed to get away with this type of conduct. 
Um, and I think that's just a cautionary tale for any work anywhere. You know, just because you are at the start of your career doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be treated as a professional, that you don't deserve, you know, professional conduct um, with whatever company or venue or anything that you're working with. Um, and if that is not what you're getting, speak up. Because I think that is, it's all checks and balances and we all have to keep everything in the industry in check, especially in the fringe where, where you know, um, I think people feel like they can get away with more because because it is the fringe and there's less money involved. But you you can't. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. I I always find it isn't it weird to think that like that that happened right? And because mm-hmm. I can agree with you, I think that's one thing in life I think people forget. I think no especially in this industry, know your worth, like like you're saying, completely. Exactly. What's, exactly. what's insane, right? Is that you didn't and it, I don't know how this industry does it to people. But you, I've seen it a few times, and I think it's starting to change a little bit now, and I hope it, keep, it keeps getting better. But you have it in this industry where there's people who, in away from the industry, my God, they know their worth. They know what their worth is. They know they know not how to be treated, and they do not take mm-hmm. any other way, right? But it's so weird how then when it comes to the industry, people suddenly so easily, some people's yeah. morals suddenly twist, and they're like, they're happy to be treated in a certain way or certain things happen. And, I'm and like, it's the whole... Oh, treat yourself with the respect you deserve. Like, other people will catch up if they haven't already. If they haven't caught up with that yet, that's their problem, not yours. You still yeah. work with what you're worth. Absolutely. And it's the whole thing of, like, also artists being paid with exposure and, you know, all of that. And it's, it's just... It's still work. It's all work. Yeah, and it's a really um, fine line be... that there because like we've all we've all been in a situation like I've I, like I've done loads of work for free. Like, there's no point hiding away from that. Like Same. everyone, everyone has. I don't think anyone can avoid that. But what you, no. I think what we've me and you have done anyway is that you get to that point where you go, okay, that's done now. Like you just you mm-hmm. just go okay that's that that's the end of that one I don't need to do that anymore I've got all the those experiences that I need like, of course you might still help a mate out with a certain thing or whatever but like that's a completely separate separate matter but that you have to have a point where you stop you stop that and I think that's a really really important thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely, hundred percent. So I'm just scrolling through their Twitter now, and it seems like, um. I don't know. The, things are still happening, and it and it seems like everyone is still having a good time. So I hope that things got better. And you know, once you get called out like that, you do have to make things better, <laughs> very true, right? Very true, very true. Yeah, you you got it. It's, that's the thing. You would think they'd be like really big and positive now and try and like show the change in their ways, but I I haven't. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong, but I like to think that they'll do that at some point. Um, yeah. Maybe I should take it over. Maybe that's the answer. Yeah, <laughs> that's always that's always the answer to the question, isn't it? Just just another just me going take it over. That's not the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I I don't see how that could possibly go wrong. It it wouldn't. It would never go wrong. It would never couldn't, go wrong. Couldn't and possibly. That's, and that's how that works. 
But there we go. That is our that there is we our go. facts and stories. I hope you enjoy. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a very story. big fan of my one, obviously, because I think that's so. Yeah, so I do think yours was incredible. I'm a fan of cautionary tales as well, because I do think we have to be aware of things in the industry. Mm. Can I just make one little side point? Because it was when they go found yeah. while, look, while looking a bit more into this, and it, and I've always found this term. Really, you know, like people, like genres and styles and movements of theatre, all all have got their different names. Do you know what I mean? All that sort of stuff. My favourite, like any term, like theatre term, it's definitely up there. One of my favourite theatre terms is who done it. Who done it? You know when you describe a show, it's like, oh, it's a who done it show. Like a, it's like a no, I've never heard that before. Have you never. It's it's like no. it's, it's like a, what's a what's a good? I'm trying to think of a good. Oh, so like the mousetrap. The Mousetrap is a who done it. It's like those sort of shows, like Agatha, Agatha oh, Christie's, are very much who done it. Like, uh, like, like, um, Cluedo kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always like that. Like a like, mystery. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like yes. who done it? In fact, it's like that's not that was like a big thing of theatre having like who done it shows, and I love the fact that it's even spelt as so who is it H W O, and then it's just D U N N I two who done it. Who done it? And I've I'm glad that it, tickles you so much. It, it's just so ridiculous because it's like, is that that's not the way that should be spelt, surely? <laughs> well, there we go. That is, there that we is my go. Nerd, nerd moment for the week. Yeah, a couple of, couple of nerd nerd moments. And actually, we got you know the old, we actually had a past question come up here. We know we did those. We had our those facts that we really liked. Yeah. So this one actually technically brings one of them back into it, which is because it was in 1963 that the National Theatre Company was formed at the Old Vic. Oh, yeah. Obviously, that was its original home before it moved. Yeah. So there you go. I am full of facts. Yeah. Talking of the National Theatre, I suggest everyone checks out the NT Home series, which is uh, they're putting out their shows and you can watch them from the comfort of your own home and each show stays up for a week and that's a great time yes yes it is um further suggestions just off the top of my head uh the king's head theater is still doing their weekly every week they do half an hour talk um every weekday at 1 p.m then we have uh National Theatre Live, and then we have The Yard is doing a something on the 17th of May, a little day of festivals with, I think it's like six different shows. Um, yeah, there's lots going on. There's lots going on. There's most theatres you can think of have something going on, so go, go yeah, and find exactly. it. Go, go look at the theatres you like anyway and just see what they got and support them. Every, everything's... It. And Josh and I will be online in our own theatre festival uh, yeah, in the boy. week of the 2nd of June, 1st of June. Yeah, which is also yeah. the week of my birthday as well. For anyone it's the week of my birthday. When is your birthday? Wait, uh, are we about to find out that we've never realised our <gasps> birthdays are in the same month? Stop it. When is yours? When's your birthday? When mine's, the f- mine's the 1st of June. No, f- no! Is yours the 2nd of June? Yeah. Stop it! 
That's so how, funny. How, we, how did we not know that? How did we that's... not know our birthdays were that close? <laughs> this is that's That's so funny. We'll do a special birthday episode. Um, oh, absolutely. How old are you this year? Ugh, 23. Oh, shut up, shut up. It's my last year of my early 20s. Shut up. Where I'm 26. I'm the last of the, I'm the last of the 26 and the last year of the mid 20s. Oh my God. It's your last year of your mid 20s. Yeah, Are you I'm ready old. to be late 20s? I mean, I'm always, I'm an old man at heart. Yeah. Anyways. You've been ready to be late 20s since you're 19. Yeah. I've been, I'm just waiting to get to the thirties to be fair. Then I'll be in the <laughs> pump. Then I'll be in the pump. Great. I'm point. excited. Oh yeah. Oh good. Oh, grand! I can't. I, 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 How, how have we not had this conversation before? That you know, what I feel like we must have. We must have had this conversation in like the first week of the course when we didn't even know each other yet, and we were like, okay, whatever, what fucking weirdo. But we've and, like, got on our on our course. We had like a we got like a birthday yeah. sheet. So the fact that we didn't realize that means we really weren't paying attention to it. No, I think we it's really weren't. Put, it's because everyone put my age as like 420. Oh, or yeah. Like and then that became the main point. So I probably didn't look at it after that. That's quite funny. Well, yeah, so it's going to be our birthdays and we will be online. Uh, it's Catalyst in the Cloud on the Mount View webpage. Uh, it's going to be a grand time. It's going to be us. It's going to be our... Uh, course mates and it'll, it'll be good it'll be good yeah it's gonna be top grade so make sure you t- put that in your diary yeah all right that is all for this week yes see you next week take care stay safe and big love everyone mm, bye, bye.